Welcome to the Playful Spirituality Podcast, a place to reconnect to spirit, to reclaim your unbridled wildness, and to bring you home to you. I'm Kara Viana, and I'm honored to be on this adventure with you. This is a place to discover your magic and your superpowers. And yes, you definitely have them. It's designed to tap you into the unconditional love and support flowing to you and to help you access that wild, unbridled joy that we so often lose touch with. You can expect all sorts of resources from spiritual and practical tools and teachings to guided meditations and energy healing. We'll have some special guests and even some live readings. This show is for all of us who are humaning to help you navigate this ride of life. If you are open to a little more support, more ease, a broader connection to the universe and to yourself, then stay tuned and find out what might be possible with an infusion of playful spirituality. I'm all excited. (laughs) I'm all excited to talk to you today because... (laughs) Our topic is one that I get to rant about. (laughs) So, welcome to the podcast. All right. (laughs) Today is myth-busting manifestation. I get all (laughs) riled up about the garbage that is often assumed about manifestation because it's broadcast out there. It's, it's, um, you know, people are talking about it and, and I don't think most people mean to be selling a bunch of hogwash, but that's what winds up happening or that's the perception that people wind up getting sometimes. So we're going to bust some myths about manifestation and hopefully get you a better understanding of what it actually is in the process. So here we go. Myth number one, be careful what you ask for. This one pisses me off so bad, but you hear it all the time, right? And there's some really awesome catchphrases that, and quotes that I love and are great reminders. And they're things like, you know, your thoughts become reality. And that is an oversimplified reality because if all of our thoughts became reality, do you know the percentage of us, I would be in it, who would have been smashed by a piano or an anvil in our lives? (laughs) Right? So not all of your thoughts become reality. So that one is really annoying to me. You do not have to be careful what you ask for. Not all your thoughts become things. So I was in this great training one time and the teacher was talking about like someone, there was the idea was that you had to be really specific in what you asked for. This is another myth, okay? We're busting. You do not have to fucking be specific. You don't have to know what you want. You don't. That's asinine. It's so silly to think that your higher self and the universe don't have a far better understanding of your desires than you do. There is no 
magical multi-step process that always works for manifestation. There isn't. The closest thing that there is is Abraham's three-step explanation of how law of attraction works, but that is not a how-to. Now I'm going to explain to you why there isn't one single one-size-fits-all. So I do want to run through Abraham's quick three-step understanding, which is step number one, life causes you to desire, which means, well, you don't have any control over that. You see some people walking down the street and they're hand in hand and they're laughing together and you desire a relationship like that. Or you see some people meeting for the first time um, in a bar and it looks so exciting and romantic and you desire to be single. The desire is inherent and instantaneous and you don't have control over it. It just births out of you. You see a thing you want, you experience a thing you don't like, and therefore you have a desire for the opposite of that. Life causes you to want. That's step one. You have no control over it. Step two is law of attraction provides it. The universe answers. That's it. Step two, totally out of your control. Sorry, my friend. Step three is you let that new manifestation into your life is the only step you have any control over. So it's the only one that there's any room for you to do anything. And this is the part where people think that if they make a 10-step process or a five-step process or whatever, and maybe it works for them a lot, that it's going to work for everybody. And that's ignorant. It can be helpful for us to simplify things down, but then there's room for us to make assumptions like, oh, I tried this process and then I failed and therefore I suck or I have shame or I'm a bad manifester and that's just silly. So now let me come back to, now that we have that understanding of how law of attraction works, okay? This, you have to be careful what you ask for and you have to know what you want and you have to be specific. What? Have you specifically asked for everything that has ever come to you in your life? No. No, you haven't. And you've been manifesting your whole life. Because remember, we just understood how manifestation works. Well, we understood how law of attraction works. You've been attracting your whole life. When we talk about manifestation, we could be talking about that process, right? things, how things come into your life, which is the process we just listed. We could also be talking about, and sometimes people refer to manifestation in this way. So you and I can do this however we want to do it. Sometimes people refer to it as the process that you go through, whatever it might be, to let the things in, to do that step number three, the only one you have any bearing on. And we like to pretend that, therefore, I don't like to think about manifestation that way. It is um, limiting because the vast majority of the things in my life, I didn't manifest on purpose. I fucking didn't. And I certainly wasn't specific and clear and careful about what I asked for. You did hear in last week's episode the story of me carving my man out of the universe. That might be the most specific I've ever been. Um, for something like big that came into my life. But 
most of the stuff. Okay, so here's the truth about me personally. I am not a very good big dreamer. I'm not. When you ask me the question, Kara, let's pretend that you won the lottery and you got $5 million. And I'm like, cool. Like, what are you going to do with that $5 million? I'm like, how many pairs of yoga pants is that? (laughs) I'm not, I'm not a good big dreamer. What do I do with that kind of money? I don't fucking know. (laughs) And that's not like an exaggeration. Like I really have answered that question and many other manifestation questions that way multiple times. I'm like, well, I like to splurge on fancy yoga pants sometimes. And it feels like a splurge because they're stupid expensive. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I don't like diamonds or designer handbags or whatever. I like to go on trips. Let's travel. Um, so yeah, that's uh, really the only thing I could think of to spend any substantial money on. Other than you know, donating it and doing good things in the world, which that I actually really enjoy, pretend and real spending. But most of the amazing things that I've created in my life were my higher self in the universe pushing me towards them. And then once I had it, I was like, whoa, how did that happen? Actually, so here's a great example right? You just heard the story in the last episode of of me carving my man out of the universe. But if you really pan out and look, I only actively started helping with that manifestation. And I'm going to, if we were sitting together, you would see me make little bunny ears in the helping (laughs) department. I only started helping with that when I finally figured out what was happening. Like, wait, we're going to have to bring a new person into my life if I want to be in a relationship. But I'll tell you, my higher self was already working that whole thing. The process of bringing this partner into my life happened long before I knew that was a desire. Long before. So really, even that one, I didn't do very on purpose. When I was 24 or so, I really, really, really wanted to move out of the area that I was in. I really wanted to move. I was living in Northern California where I grew up and I'd been trying to move for a while. Um, My partner at the time was not, was very against moving. And the biggest, um, the biggest move that I could really come up with, like the, the only thing I knew to ask for was I wanted to move about four hours away to a place called Ashland, Oregon. Because I had visited a friend there and it was cool. (laughs) So I started going up there with resumes and applying for jobs. Because in my human brain, that's how you manifest, right? I mean, no, I didn't know even fucking know the word manifestation then. I don't think. But that's how you make shit happen, right? You pick a place and then you get a job and you move there. And the universe had way better plans for me. My higher self had way better plans for me. The desires that I had that I was totally unaware of, totally fucking unaware of, because I never thought about Hawaii. I never thought about visiting Hawaii. I never, nothing. I didn't even know I liked tropical climates. No idea. Now you should see me try and survive in any climate that's not this. (laughs) 
people are like, oh, wow, yeah, you are a tropical girl. And I didn't know. I had no idea. In fact, even when I moved out to Hawaii, I was like, I hate it. It's hot. (laughs) So my higher self orchestrated this whole giant move for me out to Hawaii, a place I'd never thought about going or moving or anything. Kind of against my own. I mean, I kind of had to get a little bit like nudged. And I had a moment of being like, okay, and following that intuitive hit. And then from then on, it was like being on a water slide. There was no getting off. It just happened so fluidly and quickly. And it manifested so, came into being. Let's not overuse this word manifestation here. It came into being so smoothly and easily and quickly that I didn't even know what happened. And then I was in Hawaii and I was like, what? What I just do? Because <laughs> I didn't do it, obviously. And when I think about that, it's a perfect example of my life and how manifestation works most of the time, which is why I love the phrase, or something better. So if I'm going to ask the universe for something, I get this little like feeling and I'm like, ooh, but even when I really practice, I don't dream very big. Because my experience as a human being is really, really limited, just like is yours, just like is everybody's. All of us live really, really, really limited experiences compared to what's possible because it's just one life. You know, we don't always often remember all the other ones we've lived. So even when I was asking for my partner and I thought I was asking for very specifically, everything I could imagine. When he came into my world, I was like, oh, wow, I didn't even think to ask for that. Oh, holy shit. Whoa, this is so much better than even what I thought to ask for. And I always like to make the joke that, you know, if we got what we wanted, most of us girls would have a Ken doll for a boyfriend who didn't have any privates. Because when we were little kids, that was all we knew to ask for. Like, I want to grow up and have Ken as my husband. Bitch, he's plastic. He doesn't even have plastic parts. He just has fake briefs. You can't even comb his hair. <laughs> but that's what we knew, right? We were six or whatever age you play with Barbie. We didn't even have a variety of Ken. There was just one Ken. That's <laughs> it. Just one dude. Because he was pretty unimportant. Mostly it was about Barbie and her outfits, right? So you don't have to fucking be careful what you ask for. You don't have to know what you want. This is one of my favorite things when I teach about manifestation is when people come and they're like, I don't know what I want. And I'm like, phew, you'll be easy. Because if you don't know what you want, you're not going to get all balled up in the letting it in. You think about it like, I want something. Hmm. I don't know. I want something. I want something that's going to make me feel expansive. Yeah, that would be really cool. There's no resistance in that. Can you feel it? Nothing. It's wide open. I want to feel expansive. Easy. Even just thinking that feels expansive. It's instant manifestation. I want to feel expansive. There it is. (laughs) But we don't often do it that way. We do it the other way around. I want to, I want to have all this freedom so that I, and all this money 
so that I can see the world because I'm so sheltered where I am and I hate it and I don't like being all these things and it's causing me to want more and I want to go on all these giant trips like I see online and I want to spread my wings and do all this stuff. Why do you want that? What will it make you feel expansive? All right. Okay. But the idea of trying to manifest all those specific things, I want to have total time freedom and all the money to be able to go do all this stuff that feels out of my realm of reality right now. There's contraction in that. There's not letting it in. That that we don't understand how that could happen. In my brain, it's impossible, right? Same exact thing. You want to feel expansive. So did the first person. We manifested it instantly for them. So you don't have to know what you want. But Kara, the first person just wanted a feeling. The second person wanted actual shit to happen. So obviously that's going to be harder to manifest. Okay. But you're forgetting that the first person wanted to feel expansive. And what might make that person feel expansive? Well, stopping and thinking about feeling expansive, but also exploration and travel and seeing the world. And because that first person so quickly got into the vibration of expansiveness, now it's being broadcast out into the universe, expansiveness, 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 and like attracts like. Here we go. Law of attraction's like, cool. What else would make this person feel expansive? Ooh, how about a big vast sunset? Let's make that happen. How about seeing the sky so big and full of clouds that you've got some like reference range? You can see like the vastness of it. Cool. Mother nature, take care of that. Awesome. Let's make it happen right now. What about, oh, let's send them on a trip and let's do all these things. And are they primed for that? Are they ready? Can we make that happen? Because law of attraction knows how to do anything. It can bend the universe inside itself. (laughs) But can that person let it in? Oh, yeah, they fucking can because they're in the vibration right now in this moment of expansiveness. It's the same frequency. It's like a plug that has to fit. So you don't have to know what you want. Okay, here's another little piece on that. So I heard this story one time. I started to tell you this a second ago. I was in this training and the teacher was telling the story about how someone was trying to ask for their ideal soulmate and they wanted all these things. And then they got a dog that was like their soulmate dog. And then they were like, oh no, I forgot to say I wanted a human soulmate. And you have to be careful what you ask for. And that's like a cute, funny, sweet, wonderful story. But do you really think that your higher self and law of attraction who are orchestrating all this shit couldn't feel the clarity in your desire that what you wanted was a human person? Really? That makes no sense to me. That makes no sense. The amount of desires that you have that you're unaware of, if I was going to take a guess, I would say is like 99% of them. 
so I have had thousands, I counted once, thousands, plural, of conversations with people's higher selves in readings. And when someone will say, I wanted that thing and it didn't happen, or why am I, why is this happening? Or I don't know, many different questions people would ask. And higher selves will show me this really complex, elaborate, um, like the best analogy I have is you get in the car and you say, okay, I want to go, we're in Los Angeles and I want to go to New York. And your higher self is like, great, I've got the map. And you're like, cool, because the reason I want to go to New York is because I think that there's a job opportunity over there for me. I'm going to work in, I don't know, whatever is in New York, finance. Great. Your higher self's like, I'll be the navigator. You just follow left or right when I tell you to. So you're at the wheel and your higher self's directing and you think that you need to go straight across the country from LA to New York. And you have vague understanding of how this works. So that's heading east and you should be heading mostly east most of the time a little bit north, right? And that should take you approximately, I don't know, what is it, like a couple days. Maybe a week if you're stopping to sleep, hopefully. So now cut to 16 weeks into this motherfucking trip and you have gotten all over the place. You detoured to Canada. You've circled back to LA 14 times. You're pulling your hair out. And you're like, what are we doing? I'm such a failure. I can't make this happen. I had a simple desire and I'm trying to bring it into my life and it should have taken a week. And here we are 16 weeks in and I don't see us even making any progress. We're just driving around in these crazy zigzags. And your higher self goes, why would we only create one desire at a time? I have a list of 278 of your desires and I've created a route that is the most efficient way for us to create all 278 of these desires. Because yeah, you wanna go work in finance, but you didn't actually have the skills to do that. So you were gonna wind up just working, if, if you just went straight over and did it, you were gonna wind up working as a peon assistant getting coffee for someone and it was never gonna work out. But you didn't just want to work in finance. You wanted to work in finance and then you also wanted to feel fulfilled in life. You want to make really good money. You wanted to learn more about who you are and gain some self-confidence. And you wanted to fall in love and you wanted to um, see Niagara Falls and you wanted to uh, heal that old insecurity wound from your childhood. And you wanted, you have all these desires, 278 of them we were doing on this single trip. And so we zigzagged you all over to hit everything that you needed. It's this incredible, complex patterning. We had to go back over to Kansas City because in Kansas City, you were going to stub your toe. And then that was going to make you have to go get a Band-Aid. And the guy you got a Band-Aid from winds up becoming your best friend. And he's the one who introduces you to the person who teaches you that pottery class. And then at the pottery class, that's where you learn real confidence because you're really bad at pottery. (laughs) But you keep going. And that stick-to-itiveness and the willingness to be bad at something that you really like, that is uber needed. You wouldn't think, but it is. 
for finance. Who knew? And by the way, on the way to do that, we also introduced you to that person. And see what I mean? It doesn't work the way we think it works. You don't have to be specific. Is there benefit in being specific? Yes. If being specific helps you get onto the vibration of what you want. If being specific feels good to you, be specific. If you want to be a world-renowned chef, and when you think about that, it's so far out of your reality. You're 22 years old. You're working as a line cook in um, some dive diner back over in Kansas City again. And uh, you have no money, you have no training, you don't know how to go to chef school. What's that called? Culinary school. And so the thought of being specific in how and trying to think about what this might be like makes you feel contracted, balled up, like, uh. but when you think about the specific way it's going to taste, When you're a chef and you're in your kitchen and it's many years in the future, you don't know how you got there because that part stresses you out. So you're old. (laughs) You're you're like way older. You're like 30, which is remember, remember how old 30 is when you're 22? Is it fucking ancient? So you're it's like a thousand years from now when you're 30. So that takes away all the pressure of how figuring out how that's gonna happen, obviously. And you think about what it's going to be like when you taste the perfect flavor combination when you're creating something. And you feel, when you close your eyes and you imagine this, and it's this like euphoric, ecstatic, victorious, orgasmic feeling when you're creating and then you put it in your mouth and you know like that's it right there. That's the perfect X, Y, or Z. That's the greatest flavor combination. That is so specific. And that is a huge benefit to your manifestation because in that moment you were feeling something that was right in line with what you wanted to create. But do you have to be specific in the area of the exact thing you want to create? No, not at all. You know what else makes you feel those things? That orgasmic, victorious Um, euphoric. Maybe it's like when you win at a silly video game on your phone. Maybe it's when you eat that perfect pepperoni pizza from the place up the street that sells it for $1.15 a slice and you don't even know how they can afford to do that. And it's because they sell a $4 Coke. (laughs) When you bite into that pizza, I'm really fucking hungry right now and I can't stop thinking about pizza. Dang it. So do you see what I mean? The specific the specificity doesn't even have to come in the realm of what it is you want to create. If there's something that helps you to feel positive and in or in the same area of what it is you want to create, that helps. So yeah, be specific until the point when it doesn't feel good anymore and then back away from it. All right, you have to focus on it. Nope. Definitely not. Certainly don't. Because sometimes we focus on something, we actually make it worse. Do you know how people will say, I finally gave up on it and that's when it happened. 
Yeah, sure. Because before that, you were like, I want that thing. I can't have it. I want that thing. And it hurts every time I think about it. It sucks. And I feel so sad. I don't have it. And it aches. And uh, and then you were like, I give up. I don't even want that thing anymore. And finally, you looked away from it because it felt like relief to give up on it. And you went about and did something else. And then it swooped into your life because it had been knocking at the door the whole fucking time. But you couldn't let it in because you were too balled up in how sad you were or mad you were or frustrated you were or angsty or yearning that it wasn't there. So don't focus on it unless focusing on it feels good. All right. Last myth. If it doesn't come to you, you screwed up. No. No, you didn't. Do you know what your higher self thinks about manifestation because as as humans we only think that manifestation is the good stuff. I want to manifest all these things. We don't say I want to manifest a broken arm or getting fired from my job or um getting a divorce. Right? We don't want to manifest our partner leaving us. We don't want to manifest the bad things. But your higher self doesn't look at anything as bad. And not because your higher self is dumb. But because your higher self sees the benefit, they, like your higher self can look all the way into the future and see all the possible good that could come from that. In hindsight, do I think getting divorced was a bad thing? No, it was like the greatest fucking thing that ever happened. I'm grateful for it all the time. If you listen to the last episode, you know why. When I was going through it, did I think it was good? No. Nope. I knew about all of this stuff, though. And so the thing I kept saying to the universe is, motherfucker, your plan must be so good because I know your plan's always better than my plan. And my plan was this relationship and it's pretty amazing and I'm really happy and in love and I really dig this person. And we have an amazing life together and all of that is getting blown apart. So your plan must be real fucking good. And I said some of that with some sarcasm, but I also knew it was true. And now that I sit where I sit in hindsight and I look back, I'm like, oh, your plan was so much better than my plan. It was so much better than my plan. Hawaii was a lot better than Ashland. Let me tell you. I was going to move to Ashland and work as an assistant in like an interior design company or whatever. And instead... I moved to Hawaii and I ran a helicopter school and got to fly around in helicopters and started a jewelry business and built this business all simultaneously. That's way cooler. The universe's plan was way better than my plan. So if it doesn't come, something better is coming. And if you think something bad is happening, just wait, because at some point you will probably look back with some really, really nice hindsight and go, oh, that was the best thing that ever could have happened. And I know, I know, I know there are really, really, really crap things that can happen in our lives. Most of the time, though, when we look back, we wouldn't take that away from ourselves. I truly would not wish the battle I went through with depression in my younger years 
on my worst enemy if I had an enemy. I wouldn't wish it on anyone. It was a horror. And I would never, ever, ever take it back. I would never erase it. It's still the fodder for the amazing joy that I feel today, 20 years later. I live a life with so much happiness and joy because I experienced those years of profound absence of it. It was a genius thing for me to create in my life that I never did on purpose and never, ever, ever wanted. And it was the fastest route to the most joyful, biggest, beautiful life. It was beautifully, divinely created. So when you look around and you say, that was the thing I wanted and that's not what happened, just go, hmm, something better must be coming. Or whatever it is that I'm in must be part of something better. I say this to the universe all the time. Okay, guys, here's what I want. And I'm also open to the fact that you might know better. (laughs) I mean, maybe, you know, I'm an idiot human with my completely limited perception of reality. In this very short life experience I have to pull on. And perhaps the broad, infinite universe knows better. Yeah. (laughs) So who am I going to let pick out my life? Um, you guys have been batting a thousand, so gonna keep doing it that way. Okay, I hope this was helpful. And I hope you're going to come play in the Manifestation Magic course with us. That is um, opening up soon. It's going to be good. It's going to be really fun and will be, you know, it's going to be fun and silly and joyful because that's the only way I know how to do it. That's the only way I want to do it. Otherwise, I don't want to play. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. I hope you'll join us for Relationship Alchemy. I teach this seven week course live once a year and enrollment is now open. This is not your average relationship course. This is an opportunity to get into the energetics of your love life and shift things to be the way that you dream of. If you're in a relationship and ready for a reset, ready to fall more in love, ready to call forth all that you desire from this partnership, or if you are single and ready to call in that relationship of your wildest dreams without repeating old patterns or carrying forward old baggage, join us for Relationship Alchemy. You don't have to take my word for it. Here's the way one participant described it. This will help heal your relationship without having to dig up all your shit and therapize your way through. It is soul level healing. All you have to do is show up. So if that sounds good to you, there's a link in the show notes or just head to the website caraviana.com for the details with the deepest celebration of you and your capacity to love. We'll see you next week.